Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Colossians 3, 17. I'm not going to be very long here tonight. But I do want to make sure that our hearts are prepared and ready for tomorrow. Many of you are going to be in atmospheres that maybe some of you, you dread. Ah, I don't want to be there. Some of you are going to go in atmospheres that you can't wait. Man, I cannot wait to get there. But before you hurry up, slow down. And before you get too slow, look up. And we're going to talk here tonight. I want to make sure that your heart is full of gratitude. Do you have Colossians 3.17? Just hold on to that right there. Because in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 5.20, it says, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, somebody say, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. Giving thanks, one more time, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Father, one more time, be with us in your precious son's name, a powerful name, no other name, but I want to give thanks through him for what he's done in my life, in my family's life. Lord, not just what you've done, but even what you've kept us from. For that, I'm so grateful. But I want to give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We all said, you may be seated here tonight. Urban legend has it about a poor Scottish farmer named Fleming that one day at work in a field, he had heard a cry for help. Following the sound, Fleming came to a deep swamp in which a boy was stuck up to his chest, screaming, and he was sinking. Farmer Fleming tied a rope around his own waist and the other to a tree, and he waded into the swamp. Now, after a mighty struggle in which it seemed he would, they were both going to perish, the exhausted farmer pulled himself and the boy to safety. He took the lad to the farmhouse where Mrs. Fleming fed him, dried his clothes, and when they were satisfied that he had recovered, they sent him on his way home. The next day, a carriage arrived at Fleming's humble farmhouse. A well-dressed man stepped out and introduced himself as the father of the boy who Fleming had saved. You saved my son's life, said the man to Fleming. How can I repay you? I don't want payment, Fleming said. Anyone would have done the same. At that moment, Fleming's own young son appeared at the farmhouse door. Is this your son? The man said. Yes, Fleming replied. I have an idea. Let me pay for his education. If he's like his father, he'll grow to be a man we'll both be proud of. And so he did. The farmer's son attended the very best schools, graduated medical college, and later became the world-renowned Nobel Prize-winning scientist and the discoverer of penicillin, Sir Alexander Fleming. It is said that many years later, the grown man who had been saved from the swamp as a boy was stricken with pneumonia, and that boy who grew up to be a man 
Penicillin saved his life. The name of that man, Sir Winston Churchill. You never know who's in line with your gratefulness. You never know who is going to touch your attitude of gratitude. Listen, my friend, unless we are thankful, we are not emotionally or even really spiritually healthy. All of us owe so much of what we are and, and what we enjoy to other people. But, of course, lack of gratitude is far more serious than depriving a worthy person of so much-deserved expressions of appreciation. See, unthankfulness represents either self-obsession or resentment of others. Now, neither condition is emotionally healthy. Somebody once said, Thanksgiving, after all, is a word of action. See, much of this is even true of part of Christianity and spirituality. There are many people who are not really religious and yet recognize their debt even to others. They're so grateful for parents, for friends, for teachers, and even for associates. They may be lacking in spiritual understanding and commitment, but they are least aware of their physical interdependence. We all know as Christians that God made us, but there is much more to be grateful for than just being present on this earth. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, why is it important to be thankful? Look at your neighbor and say, it's important to be thankful. No, no, tell, tell them with some conviction. Tell them it's important to be thankful. You know why? One reason why it's important to be thankful? Because it forces us to believe in a divine plan. It forces us to believe in a divine plan. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all, thing, all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Matter of fact, let's take that scripture and let's make it specific. In other words, do you think that God is going to take the bitter disappointment in your life and make it a stepping stone to greater joy and greater fulfillment? Do you believe that God can fit into a plan to anything that is bad and fit it into the plan of good for your life? That no matter what you're going through, can you still be grateful? Can you still be thankful? Johnny Southern said, the only people with whom you should try to get even with are those who have helped you. Those are the ones, listen, when you have an attitude of gratitude, it lets you and allows you to believe that no matter what you're going through, God has a greater plan for you. God has a greater plan for you. There's a story of a, of a farmer, he had a horse. And the horse took off out of the stable and, and it left him. The neighbor came over to him and he said, wow, bad luck, lost your horse. The man looked at him and said, well, that is life. Who is to know it? The next day, the horse came back with 10 other horses. The neighbor came back. He said, hey, looks like good luck came your way. He says, what is good luck? What is life? Who is to know it? The next day, his son went out to tame one of the horses. And as he went out to tame one of the horses, the horses jumped up and broke the young, young boy's leg. The neighbor came over and he says, hey, it's bad luck. The man looks at him and says, hey, what is luck? What is life? And who is to know it? The next day, a group of thugs and gang, uh, gangs came over. And they were searching for recruits. 
And as they were searching for recruits, they came across the farmer's boy. They looked at him with a broken leg, and they just moved on. The neighbor came over. He said, hey, worked out for you. He says, hey, what is life? Who is to know it? See, my friend, no matter what you're going through, and no matter what you may be thinking, if you look at what's in front of you and you try to understand it, you're not fully going to understand it because something might change the very next day. Something could happen the very next day. So that's why while you're ever present, while you are present, be thankful. Be thankful for even the circumstance that you can't control. Matter of fact, you should be very thankful and very grateful that you can't control it. Because for some of the things... If you were in control, it'd probably be all bad right away. So tonight, I want to challenge you. Hey, what is life? Who is to know it? But one thing you can't control is your attitude of gratitude. Being thankful for what God has given you. Can I hear an amen? The second reason why it's important to be thankful is because it keeps us to retain peace and joy. See, when you lose your sense of gratitude, we have also lost our peace and our joy. God wants us to be at peace with what is happening within our lives. As I was going over this sermon, I looked at the many things and the crazy things that Christ told his disciples that you would think right away, if he were to tell them, it would put them in a frenzy. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 2, it says, The Son of Man will be handed over and crucified. In John chapter 14, verse 28, he tells his disciples, he says, Hey, I'm going to be going away. I'm going to leave you. In Mark chapter 13, verse 13, he says, All men will hate you because of me. All these things that Christ is telling his disciples should probably throw them in a frenzy. But yet in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. What is he saying? He's saying, look, no matter what you're going through, I've given you peace. I've given you something that will not rob you. Nobody can rob you of this. You can only give it up. Nobody can rob you of this peace, no matter what you're going through. Listen, many of us here tonight, we're getting ready to actually feed ourselves over an abundance. Some of you, you cannot wait to have turkey upon turkey upon turkey upon turkey. Matter of fact, you're going to have some turkey with a side of turkey. That's how much you're going to love turkey. You cannot wait to get the candy yams, the pumpkin pies. You cannot wait to have an early Christmas with some eggnog. You cannot, oh, I just cannot wait. So for some of you, it's going to be real easy to be peaceful, but for those who have no opportunity to have any turkey, is it we're more peaceful and they're not? Because we have and they don't know. God's saying, for this, I leave you turkey. He didn't say he left us turkey. He said, I give you peace. So that no matter what's on your plate or what, if you have no plate, you have peace. That you have peace no matter what you're going through. Listen, Thanksgiving's going to come and it's going to go. But the peace God gave you. Nobody can rob you of your peace and nobody can rob you of your joy. What I really love about it, the Bible says that it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. So that means that even if you don't get it, even if you don't understand it, don't try to comprehend it. Just hold on to peace. 
Just hold on to peace. Listen to me. I understand that some of you, this holiday season, it's going to be a difficult one. It's going to be a tough one. Not because of the people that are there. It's because of the someone that's not there. There's someone that you're used to being there. I miss my mom. I miss my dad. I miss my brother, my cousin, my aunt, my uncle, your grandmother, your grandfather. I don't know who it is that's going to be void at that table. But one thing that nobody can take from you is peace. You may not fully understand why God took your mother, God took your father. I don't fully understand it. People even ask me. They have come up to me plenty of times. Hey, well, how do you feel? And even those who are not saved, they say, hey, well, you're a Christian. And what do you think about God taking your father? I say, hey, you know what I tell them? This is my answer. I always tell them. I say, to be honest, I'd rather be where he is. To be honest. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with God. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of this body. I want a glorified body where I can eat as much turkey as I want and I will never gain anything. See, some of you right now, look at you, you have a mortal body. You're going to eat tomorrow and then, oh, you're going to get full. But when you have a glorified body, you're going to eat and never be full. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of you should have been praising the Lord on that one right there. Some of you should have been shouting, hey, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Listen, you're not going to fully understand everything. I'm not going to fully understand everything. I can't give you all the answers. I know a lot of times a lot of people come to me and say, Pastor, give me the answers. Pastors, give me the answer. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have an answer for every question. But one thing I can give you is what the Lord gave me to give you, and that's peace. That's it. It's peace. In the midst of all the chaos of tomorrow, don't ever forget that God gave you peace. In the midst of questions that you cannot answer from your family because they're going to think, I'm going to stump this guy this year. He's a Christian. Some of you, you have family, they come for you. Like they're looking forward to trying to stump you. They watch the video on YouTube and they got that much smarter now. Oh, I can't wait to stump them. But look at God said, listen, I'm not going to be able to give you an answer to everything, but one thing I'm going to give you is peace. And it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. In other words, you, you can have all the education in the world, but it's only peace that will give you what you need. Can I hear an amen? Somebody once said, Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he has done for us and not to tell him what we have done for him. The last thing the last reason why thankfulness is so important, being thankful, is because thankfulness is the only attitude consistent with witness and compatible with worship. Mm, I like that one right there. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Thankfulness is the only attitude consistent with witness and compatible with worship. Why? Because it, of the faith that it demonstrates. In other words, how can we convince the world of God's existence and goodness if we are showing displeasure with what he has allowed in our lives? How can we be a witness if we're going through the same thing as someone else and we have the same attitude as someone else? That's not a very good witness. 
But you know what a great witness is? Is going through the same thing as someone else and saying, hey, I still lift my hands. I still love God. In the midst of it all, in the midst of the storm, yet will I praise you. Yet will I give you glory. Yet will I give you all the honor and all the praise. God, you have given me so much. But yet will I praise you. That's where people look and go, what in, how in, how could you be happy? How could you be ecstatic? We're almost about to lose our jobs. Why are you happy and I'm not? It's because you're worried and I'm not. Be anxious for nothing, the Bible says. Not worried. Hey, so, so I might lose this job. It's okay, guess what? God made a lot more jobs, not Trump. God did it. God, see, a lot of people think, listen to me, don't rely on the president for your peace. Don't rely on the government for your peace. Don't, so what does that mean? How does that relate to you? That means don't rely on your check to give you peace. Oh, I hope that preached to somebody right now. Don't rely on the money in your pocket or in the account to give you peace. God has already given you peace. And when you have an attitude of gratitude, it's compatible with a witness and compatible with worship. Can I hear an amen? See, it is a powerful witness whenever a Christian is able to face adversity, not just by bravery, but also with attitude with, for God's control of all things. Somebody once said, gratitude is an art of painting adversity into a lovely picture. Many of you know I've been going to the, the gym now for a while. I've been working it, been going, working out, been having a good time. I feel a lot healthier working out. It feels good. That's why for those of you that are visiting here, spiritually speaking, it feels good to come to church. When you come to church, you're working out your faith. It's the same thing. So for those who well, I don't need church, hey, that's fine. But I'm telling you, as a person who comes to church and works out my faith, it feels good. So I've been going to the gym. And after I go to the you know, before I go into the gym, I feel like a cat. But when I come out of the gym, I feel like a lion. Yeah, it feels good. I can pick up this car. I can't do it. I just feel like that. So the other day, actually it was yesterday. I was at the gym, and I was getting ready. And when you go into the lockers, the locker area, you'll see a bunch of lockers, and they have the table right there. There's a little table where you can sit down and get ready. So I dropped my bag down, and I dropped it down in the midst of, usually there's only one, maybe two guys also getting ready. But I dropped my bag down, and there was probably about a good, I don't know, five or six guys. It was just quite a few. I had just bought some brand-new goggles, in the package. I was excited because I'm now I'm going to City Sport. My wife bought me a City Sport. They got a pool. It's like, yeah, all right. I'm going to work out. Now I'm going to be able to see underwater. Woo! That's a cool thing. Yeah. So I was excited. I just bought it. It was in my bag in the package. Yes. So I opened it up. I opened my bag. And, no, we, there was a lot of towels. And if you know anything about the locker rooms, you know, there's a lot of bags, a lot of towels. You got to kind of, you know, weave your way through all this stuff as other guys are getting ready. And so I was like, okay, I got my towel out. And I was looking, and there was a TV. And they were showing the Warriors finals from last year. I said, hey, that's pretty cool. Kind of keeps me occupied while I'm getting ready. No problem. Get my stuff out. I'm looking, hey, that's pretty cool. Go to my locker, open it up. 
cool, get everything, get everything prepared, take it off, put my phone in, okay, got my towel, get my goggles out, put it right there, looking, trying to keep an eye on everything, right? All of a sudden, I go to my locker, and I come back, and my earplugs and my goggles are gone. And I'm like, wait a second. Now, right away, if you're like me, I don't think anybody stole it. I think maybe I misplaced it. I start looking all over the place, and there's guy. Uh, guy starts looking at me as well, and he could see I'm kind of like in a in a frenzy, looking all over. I go back, I look around, I go, and I go, man. And he looks at me, he goes, "Is everything okay?" I go, "Well, did you happen to pick up any goggles by accident?" You know, just talking with him. He goes, "No, I didn't get anything." Then right away, I remembered this guy who was right across from me. For whatever reason, he grabbed his stuff and he took off quickly. Now, it didn't come to me until that very moment. I go, wait, did this guy? Then right away, I started looking. Where's my phone? Where's my wallet? Where's my keys? I started looking for everything. Because who cares about the goggles? Where's my wallet? Where's my keys? Where's my phone? And I looked everywhere, everywhere. I found a guy that I thought was him over at the pool. I go, hey, did you pick up any goggles? He looked, no sé. <laughs> if you know me, I started speaking back in a Spanish accent. Uh, no es goggles, el walwa, el, el, el goggles. I know, see, no, see, come round the, right? And I was like, man, I just bought these. And already my goggles. Now, for those of you who say, well, it's goggles. What's the big deal? But at that very moment, I was like, I just bought these. I just had this. And so I'll be honest with you. I sat there, and I was a little bummed. But I'm going to be very honest with you. I had just been working out, and I was listening to a message. And the message talked about being thankful in all things. Now, for me, goggles got stolen. But as I sat there, I'm going to be honest with you. This is what I thought. I go, your goggles got stolen, but you still got your wife? Still got your kids? Still got a house? Matter of fact, look down. You got shoes? You're wearing clothes? You can leave here and go buy some new ones. Like, what, what are you all down about? Like, I started talking to myself. This is how I talk to myself. Like, what's wrong with you, stupid? Like, maybe you don't call yourself that. I call myself that sometimes. Like, what's wrong with you? You've got problems if you're really getting upset about goggles. And right away, I snapped out of it. What's wrong with you, man? It's goggles. It's okay. It's no big deal. Now, for some of you, it may be a figuratively goggles, but for some of you, maybe God has stolen, or not God, but the enemy, he's stolen your dignity, and you're still down about it. <sighs> Why? Like, no, don't worry about it. You're going to get your dignity back. You can have all that back. Some of you, the enemy stole some family time. You were out there in the world and you're trying to make, look at, you don't have to make up for it. God's going to give you new family time. God's going to give you fresh family time. Some of you think that before the enemy took away your call, he didn't take away your call. Don't worry about it. That was for then. You have a new call, a fresh call. 
So what? Let them have that call. You got a new call, a fresh call that's just for you, that you're going to be able to see what others cannot see. You're going to be able to do what others cannot do because God has given you a peace that surpasses all understanding. My challenge for you here today, in the midst of this Thanksgiving festivities, is that you would be a man or a woman that says, you know what? I'm going to be thankful for what I've got and even thankful for what I don't have. Some of you should be thankful for the things that God kept from you. Just that alone should, this should be the happiest, most thankful church in all of Hayward right now. Just for that alone. The things that God kept from you. Some of you, you got into a car accident, but you're alive. And the policeman told you, man, one foot over to the right and you'd be dead. Some of you, you've been shot at. And the doctor told you, man, one centimeter to the right, you'd be gone. Some of you, you've done just a little bit extra, too much drugs. And the doctor told you, if you would have took one more half ounce, you'd be dead. Some of you, you stopped drinking liquor just in time. Or else your liver would be gone. You should be thankful just for the things that God kept from you. Now, if you can have that attitude of gratitude, then my friend, you should also be grateful for the things that God has given you. Look at, don't be grateful just for the turkey that's on your plate, but be grateful with an attitude inside your heart. I shared this yesterday. This holiday season, be more thankful than you are wishful. Be more thankful than you are wishful. When it comes to Christmas time, many of us, we got a whole wish list. I wish I had this. I wish I got that. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. But listen, you want to have a wish list? That's fine. But you should have a thankful list that's even bigger than your wish list. I'm thankful for what of this. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful. Listen, some of you should be thankful. You got your eyesight. You're in your right mind. You can hear. You're able to taste. There's some people, they can't smell because of something that's in there. Some of the people, they cannot see because of what has happened. Some people, they cannot hear. But you, my friend, you have the ability. Some of you, I know that you may not have everything you want, but you should be grateful for the things that God has given you already. See, that is an alignment with a witness. That is an alignment with worship, having an attitude of gratitude. This Thanksgiving season, this holiday season, we should be the most thankful men and women on the face of this earth. Bow your heads with me here tonight. Some of you, just like myself, that sat down on the side, and you got to talk to yourself, say, hey, snap out of it. Snap out of it. Don't trip on what other people are saying. Don't look at what the Joneses have. Don't look at what other people have and say, I wish I had that. I would be happy if I had that. No, be happy that God has just given you breath of life. Be happy that you have another day to even see your family and see your friends. Maybe some of you, you may not get along with your family, but you should be thankful that you have family. Be grateful that you have family. Tonight, we want to give thanks with a grateful heart, an attitude of gratitude. We don't understand everything, but my friend, 
Don't be upset if the horse runs out on you. What is life? Who is to know it? God knows what he's doing. God's in full control. And in all circumstances, give thanks. In all things that you cannot control, give thanks. With every head bowed and every eye closed here tonight.